tastes like crap. Only alcohol can make life bearable. You must drink, always drink. I blame this all on Kevin, DMU. Has anyone ever known a good person named Kevin? We, we hung out with, with Kevin from Alcohol by Volume. He only says like three words. He, he's like really shy. He really talked to me. Towards the end of the night when he was drinking more, man, he, he was he was right there with us talking a mile a minute. Alcohol by Volume? Oh, I'm actually kind of drunk. Alcohol by Volume, awesome show. You really want to get drunk? <laughs> Listen to that show, because by hour two, he's blitzed. I'm bad. Oh, it's awesome. Because it's a beer show. Kevin's some stupid kid. Weird thing. Polish last name. Yeah. Where's your dedication there, Kevin? Your own show or someone else's? Alcohol my volume. I shove alcohol in my butthole. That's not it? It's nothing to do with butthole. I mean, can you even get drunk anymore? It's kind of like a drinking a vitamin. Right? So you're blaming the drunkard. Yes, I'm blaming the MLR drunkard, Kevin. Hello, bartender. I have thought it over, and far from being a fat pig, you are very nice. And I would like another drink. Take a barf, drunkie! Going by the lead-in song, you guys can probably tell I am very excited over the announcement of the new Dance Gavin Dance album that is coming out, I believe, on April 14th. I've already pre-ordered a bundle for it, so I'm going to be all set for that. Welcome to Alcohol by Volume here on More Like Radio. If you want to Skype in, Alcohol by Volume, all one word, or the phone number, 862-345-7125. We are at episode number 98 now, and don't worry, little Matt, I am not going to be playing Grindcore. I'm, grindcore is one I never got into. Hardcore and post-hardcore, I can I can deal with that. Um, actually, probably more post-hardcore than hardcore. But mm. uh, Sorry for missing last week, everybody. Uh, I'm hoping the best of was at least mildly informative or entertaining. I mean, it was from back in 2013, so newer listeners haven't heard a lot of that shit. Um, a colleague at work was chatting with me about it, and it was funny how she reminded me of things I'd completely forgotten from back then, beers I hadn't tried yet then, that are now old hat to me and so on, but such is the magic time machine nature of best ofs. Um, it was funny, she was actually asking me um, about uh, Dogfish Head Chicory Stout, and my instant reaction was, I don't think I've had that before. And she says, no, you were drinking it on the show. I'm like, oh, shit, okay, I, I, I guess I liked it then if I was drinking it. Uh, that and that's that's why I love my untapped list because that is really the only way I can keep track of this shit anymore. Uh, speaking of keeping track of shit, purchases. Uh, since the last show, I I picked up a a decent amount of stuff, and I didn't get bitched at by my wife for it. Amazing. I, I I've I've had some restraint. It's been very shocking how much restraint I've had. So I picked up a uh, the Stone mixed twelve pack. With Arrogant Bastard, the Cali Belgique IPA, Ruination IPA. Um, I think of those three, um, I think Arrogant Bastard was the only one I had actually had before, surprisingly. I can't believe I had never had Ruination before. But the fourth one in the pack was what I had really been looking forward to, and that was Delicious IPA. Haven't found it in six packs out here, um, but got it in this variety pack. I guess it's supposed to be nationwide in six packs at this point, from what I've read. I haven't seen it yet. Um, 
in fact, looking at beer menus, the closest I was seeing it, I think, was in Warwick, New York, something like that. I'm not hopping the border for that. Um, but um, I actually just finished my last bottle of it tonight, and it may be popping up for a review in the coming weeks on the YouTube channel. More, uh, more on. Uh, blah, 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 blah. I was gonna say more like radio, and then I was gonna say more on that later. And there, yeah, I'm all fucked up. Uh, YouTube.com/slash/MLRAlcoholByVolume. So if you want to check out those reviews, I, I I've I've got um I got a couple good ones in the pipe. Um, got a crafty one coming up this weekend. Uh, there may be a midweek review next week, and then uh, a couple more uh, coming up that I got planned. So I. I and I, I apologize to people that like the the bombers that I keep doing for these reviews, because I know it means then that you have to buy a bomber and usually drink that bomber in one sitting. And I know I know some people are a little bit more averse to that and they like to go more the six pack route. I'm sorry, I will try and stray away from that a little bit. Um, what else did I get? I got uh, Southern Tears Two Espresso. I was strangely, I wouldn't say disappointed with it. But not hugely impressed either. Nothing about it really jumped out to me. It was tasty enough, but nothing really unique about it. Too too much, too much, um, too much bitter, I guess, for a milk stout for me. But maybe that's what they were going for, trying to get that real espresso bitterness. Um, I think I have maybe a couple bottles of that left. I had a uh, bomber of a Bita Macchiato espresso milk stout. Very happy to have found that. That is going to be coming up in a review. And then, um, oh shit, there's another one that I'm going to um, plan for a review. Breckenridge Barrel Aged The 72 Imperial Chocolate Cream Stout. I've had the regular 72, and it's been ages since I had it, so I'm very curious about the how the barrel age will come out. What I may end up doing is even uh, picking up a four-pack of the regular 72 and... Uh, Maybe doing a little bit of a comparison with the review, too. Maybe take care of that this weekend when we maybe trapped in here with another snowpocalypse. Who knows? Can't tell. This weather is fucking ridiculous in Jersey. It's been snowing like every snowing or ice every other day. And it's just enough to be really fucking annoying. Um, oh, and then I also picked up, I got this this weekend, I think. A uh, six-pack of Flying Dogs Mexican Hot Chocolate Stout, which I'm actually drinking right now. And it's weird. I, I was looking at the some of the mentions on Beer Advocate and stuff like that, and they were kind of middling reviews. A lot of people weren't picking up the spice from it or anything. Me, I don't know. I, I, I pick up a little bit of spice and heat from it. It, it comes on the back end, but it's not it's not hugely prevalent in it, but... I, I get it, and it's actually really, really quite good. Um, I think the only other beer I've had that really tried to emulate that style, it was a, um, I think it was Clown Shoes. They had like a Mexican-style chocolate stout or something like that, where they were going for that, the Mexican profile of flavors with the cinnamon and stuff like that. But this is really good. If, if, um, if you're in the distribution area for Flying Dog and you can get this, it's from their... Um, was it a brew house rarity series? I think it's called. Uh, definitely, definitely worth it. Um, I've had a few from the brew house rarity series, and you know, little hit or miss. I know they had a, that a mint one that was okay. Um, I, I still have yet to find a mint beer that really balances perfectly. I saw one on Reddit today from 
Odd Side Ales out of Michigan. That actually leads me into uh, something else. Um, I may, if I'm lucky, be uh, getting to drive out to Michigan probably sometime in August. And where we'd be staying, I guess it's like a uh, it's a timeshare that my father-in-law inherited from his parents when they passed. And there's a location for the timeshare. It's one of those where it's like, you know, there are various locations across the U.S. It's like a franchise kind of thing. And there's one in Holland, Michigan, which is right near Grand Rapids. And in that general vicinity, you have Founders Brewing, you have Bell's Brewing, you have Arcadia. And I believe Oddside is somewhere near there, too. So if I make it out there in August, you are going to be damn certain I'm going to be touring those breweries. I'm going to be stocking up on Bell's. I'm going to try and find my goddamn Sagatuck Neapolitan uh, Milk Stout because I fucking love that one. I can't fucking get it out here. So um, I may have something to look forward to in August with that. We'll see. Uh, especially because my, my, my parents haven't seen my daughter yet and my parents haven't seen my kid since before he could walk, my uh, my son. So, ah... Uh, and of course, I turn it into you know a beer trip, you know, go figure. But that's just me. Um, the liquor store right by me also. I'm gonna be uh, indulging in this. They have growler fills of the Kimmy, the Ink, and the Holy Goza. Uh, as of Sunday, I believe. So you can bet your ass, I am getting a fill of that when Saturday rolls around because it's three dollars off growler fills on Saturdays. And I'm very curious to see how that comes across on tap. And I, I can't see it as being too expensive either. I, I get a six-pack of um, that Goza for eight ninety nine, something like that, eleven ninety nine in the more expensive areas. So, looking forward to grabbing that because um, that that has been one of my one of my favorite drinks in the recent months. I always keep going back to that. Something I mentioned uh, many, 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 many shows ago: uh, Guinness potato chips. They have finally been released but only in the UK, which doesn't do anything for me. And if any UK listeners would maybe like to send me a few bags, which I could review on the YouTube channel, I would be grateful. Not expecting it, but doesn't hurt to put the word out there. Um, plans are in the pipe to ship them to the US in the future, but who knows when that'll happen. They actually are available on Amazon right now, but you have to buy a certain amount. Uh, it's, a, it's a pack of 20 40-gram bags. I don't even know what that translates to in ounces. But uh, it's 50 bucks for that, which is a little bit too rich for my blood at the moment. Um, maybe if you had caught me about a year ago, I would have said, yeah, fuck it, I'll do it and deal with the fallout for my wife later. But now I'm trying to hold off a little bit. Um, I actually also found some equally expensive Guinness Gourmet peanuts and cashews on Amazon. Um, it, it was about 50 bucks. Same for that, too. And Little Matt, that's not that bad of a shipping fee. Um, well, actually, you know what? Little Matt just gave me an idea. Because back when I was still buying DVDs, I, I try not to purchase physical media anymore. It's all digital nowadays. Um the the shows Life on Mars and Ashes to Ashes, it was before they had released DV, the DVDs for the series domestically in the U.S. And I could only get the Region 2 uh, PAL DVDs. 
and I ordered them on Amazon UK and shockingly the shipping charges were very very reasonable I mean I didn't really pay that much more for shipping than I would have on Amazon I mean I, I had Amazon Prime but um, I wouldn't have paid that much more for you know regular shipping on regular Amazon so I was very surprised so you know what let me let me do an experiment here Guinness chips okay they do have them um Guinness chips I could get a pack of 12 for seven pounds 95 um let me see if I can do some quick translation here um oh it, well it shoot see I wonder if I can log into the Amazon Prime account with my US Prime probably not because I could get a pack of 20 of the 40 gram bags for 15 pounds 40 and free delivery on orders over 10 pounds. We have to bookmark this for later and see if I can swing this somehow. I, I don't know the I don't know the exchange rates right now though. So for the the 12 pack seven pounds 95 uh, let's see copy. Oops, God damn it. Oh wow, okay, thank you Google. Oh 12 13. $12.13 for, for 12 That's not bad at all. Um, I may actually... Damn, I may actually be able to swing this. Uh, okay, bookmarked. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll report back to... Oh, okay, you know what? There, there's another one on here, too, that is interestingly curious. It's Guinness Rich Beef Chili. What? Let me copy this image. I will paste this into the chat for you. Yeah, seventeen thousand dollars, right, Dennis? Um, that's another one there. Guinness Riff, Rich Beef Chili. I mean, I, I don't know. I'd rather try the regular ones first. And eh, fuck you, little Matt. Yes, I do still have some of my laser discs. I have my rare Transformers ones, so I'm gonna be framing those motherfuckers. Except for the box set, which I will try and sell on eBay and see if I can get some decent money for it. Even though I originally paid mm, maybe about three hundred fifty, four hundred dollars for it. Uh, way, 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 way back when, because I'm an idiot, and I didn't think DVDs were actually going to do anything. Yeah. Yeah, hindsight. Um, but if, if any of my listeners have had these Guinness chips, I'm, I'm curious how they are, if they're even, if they're even worth it, or if they, because there, I know there are some potato chips here in the U.S. that basically they tout a certain flavor, and you might get a hint of it, and then after that, you get nothing. Um, I know, for instance, like, the, um, I think it's Lay's that does, they have like the cheesy garlic bread, they have the cappuccino ones, the cappuccino ones, you get like that hint of cappuccino flavor at the beginning, and then it just tastes like a potato chip, so I'm wondering if these may be like that, if there's a deeper flavor to them. Um, also on Amazon US, there were some more palatably priced Guinness chocolate bars, uh-huh, and I, I do enjoy my chocolate. Dark chocolate, and there was a milk chocolate caramel bar. I put them both on my Amazon wish list now, so if anyone wants to show me a little love for Valentine's Day, hint, hint, eh, I, I know he fucking loves me. What am I fucking talking about? Um, let me get into the... Uh, little Matt wants to pay me three bitcoins for my entire Transformers collection. Fuck you, sir. It's worth at least five bitcoins. Come on. Actually, no. One of my guys, it's right behind my computer desk. I could, I could probably easily sell him on eBay today for about twelve hundred dollars if I wanted to, and I don't want to because I'm apparently stupid and 
don't need the money that bad, I guess. <laughs> so let me let me uh, let me get into what's been what's been going on in the news over the past couple of weeks. Um, this one is more of a local story for me, but it goes into the whole weirdness of liquor laws around the country. Um, it has to do with the disparity in the cost of liquor licenses in New Jersey. Uh, developers, entrepreneurs, and restaurateurs are com- uh, campaigning for New Jersey liquor license reform. Basically, what it's going down to, um, most of the liquor licensing laws in New Jersey date from back in 1947. The regulation mandated that one license should exist for every 3,000 people. However, over time, due to grandfathered establishments and other reasons, the distribution of the licenses is not exactly equal. Um, distributions of licenses where cities and inner suburbs have many licenses, outer suburbs have few licenses. It's contributed to reducing the competitiveness of New Jersey restaurants without licenses to serve alcohol. Um, there's pricing differences in the city of Clifton, a license costs about a hundred thousand while in short Hills. And for those of you in New Jersey, you know that short Hills is shall we say, a bit more of a swanky area. The same license can cost as much as $2.3 million, which is the price that the Cheesecake Factory paid for uh, its use at the Short Hills Mall. $2.3 million versus 100000 So there, there's a big inequity. Um, inequity? Inequity? Is that the word? I think so. I think that's the word I want. Uh, and basically, they're they're trying to they're trying to you know make some reform to make things a little bit more fair when it comes to this. Um, the, oddly, the, the the article that I got this from it's the Jason Law Group LLC. Uh, it's it's a lawyer that's you know going through all the details with this. Um, the the reform legislation is expected to create a new class of liquor licenses. Licenses would be targeted for mom-and-pop restaurants and chef-owned eateries. To enforce these goals, expected these new licenses will come with facility size limits and restrictions on their transferability, blah, 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 blah. Um, and really, the reform is more for dealing with restaurants and not bars. So, an interesting interesting um, that they're trying to take on an old law there and see what happens with I have no idea if there's been any updates on it, but... Just kind of a kind of a look into another one of the weird, weird laws, liquor laws kind of thing. Uh, let's see, Dennis isolated that. Uh, little Matt says, "I'm not that poor." That is true. I did say I would suck dick for Sagatuck Neapolitan. The beer is that good. Sorry, it is that good. Do I at least get to choose the dick? That that that's my that's my caveat there. I, I have to at least be able to choose the dick. I mean, I don't want like Coletta or something like that. God only knows where that's been. Uh, Oregon Water Treatment Company wants to turn sewer water into beer. This is from opb.org. Uh, this is an, this is another story that's been kind of rattling around the interwebs over the past couple weeks. Clean Water Services of Hillsboro has an advanced treatment process that can turn sewage into drinking water. This is out in uh, Portland. Um, The company runs four wastewater treatment plants in the Portland metro area wants to show off its high-purity system by turning recycled wastewater into beer, but right now the state of Oregon wouldn't allow anyone to drink it. 
Clean Water Services has asked the state for permission to give its recycled water to a group of home brewers. The Oregon Brew Crew would make small batches of beer to be served at events, not sold at brewery. So the Oregon Health Authority has approved the request. Uh, the Oregon Environmental Quality Commission will also have to sign off on it before anyone serves a beer basically made from recycled sewage. Now, a lot of the, a lot of the clickbait articles on this were, would you drink a beer made from pee? It's filtered out. It's recycled. I mean, the... Trying to claim that you're drinking a beer made from piss is like saying that your recycled beer bottle just, you know, came out from a recycling heap. They didn't wash it out or sterilize it or anything. They just, you know, maybe poured some more beer. There might be bugs or dirt or whatever. You know, you know common sense, but you know how clickbaiting is on the internet. Um, process includes three different treatment methods. Ultra filtration, which filters the water through very small pores. Reverse osmosis, this is a science lesson, which passes the water through a membrane that blocks chemicals from passing through, and then enhanced oxidation, which uses ultraviolet light and an oxidizing chemical to break down contaminants. Probably should have put the porn music behind that, made it sound sexy. Uh, Clean Water Services last year organized a brewing competition with beer made with about 30% purified wastewater. Now the company wants to take the idea to the next level with beer made entirely from treated effluent. So um, it, it's an interesting thought, and it's basically just another way of kind of maybe... you got to wonder if, if it's going to lower costs, but it's definitely a green solution to things. Um, let's see. Uh, no, I am not sucking Punchy's dick, little Matt. Sorry. Sorry, 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 sorry. Sewer water that can call it Budweiser. Yep. Uh, unless you're in India, then you are drinking piss beer. Well, yeah. No, no then you're just drinking something that's going to make you blind and die, which, eh, well, you know. <sighs> yes, I love my sewer water at a local bowling alley. I have not touched a Budweiser since that day. Come this August, it'll have been two years since then. Ugh. Next best of, I'm still, I'll probably just queue up the aftermath of that just because everybody finds it so goddamn amusing. Mm. Ah. So let's see. What do we got next year? Have any of you been on a cruise ship? Because I would really like to, uh, I'd really like to take a cruise one day. And, uh, yeah, I know. I've seen all the horror stories and everybody getting sick and, you know, people falling overboard and boats falling over and all that shit. But, you know, got to have a little danger and adventure in your life. Well, Carnival, and I can't remember if Carnival is the subject of a lot of the uh, ire of people with all the disasters and shit going on. But they are planning a brew pub on their next ship, the Carnival Vista. Um, it's going to be a first for the North American cruise line. 4,000 passenger vessels Red Frog Pub will serve up three house-made beers that passengers can watch being made in tanks behind a wall of glass. Uh, they say our guests love beer. They love trying new things. Uh, noting that the line has also been rolling out more craft beers along its fleet. Uh, the brew pub will feature holding tanks for the house-made beer located near its entrance that passengers will be able to touch as they walk in. The fermentation tanks for the beer is brewed will be in the back behind the glass. And the line is also building a grist mill on a lower deck to process the grains needed for the brewing process. So they're, they're not fucking around with this. They're, they're actually doing this. They're, they're not going a cheap way on this. 
Uh, they said, we're milling everything on site. We want to be sure we're putting our heart into this beer and making the best product we can. Uh, Alan wouldn't say if Carnival is partnering with an existing brewer to operate the brewery, but he said the brewery will have its own dedicated brewmasters, and at least one of the house-made brews is likely to be <laughs> a wheat beer. The freshly made beer will be available on taps at the pub's bar and through innovative tabletop taps. Yes! I love the tabletop taps that allow guests to pour their own beer. The pub will also offer an array of Caribbean-inspired cocktail of beer than rums. It'll have indoor and outdoor seating, feature live music, brewery tours, and tastings are also in the plans. The um, let's see, only Germany-based Ida Cruises, which caters to the German-speaking market, has a working brewery on a ship. So it's not the first one out there, but it is the first for a North American cruise line. So very, very interesting. It, and that would that would be a selling point if you know I I probably got to age maybe another 15, 20 years. Uh, to really be, you know, cruise material so I can, you know, wear really bad Hawaiian shirts and shit like that. Um, fuck it, I'm 35. I want to go on a cruise now. But this would be a selling point for me. I think it's kind of cool. It'd be an exclusive kind of thing where you can only get that beer there. Um, <laughs> God damn it. Dennis in the chat says, have you seen that documentary about cruise ships with Kate Winslet and Leo? Totally happens on every cruise. God damn it, Dennis. Um, another study here that is uh, saying beer hops, good for preventing Alzheimer's. A uh, new study shows hops has protective properties on brains. It, it seems like these studies pop up all the time and it's always derived from hops. It's, it, a lot of, again, a lot of clickbait articles try and say, if you drink beer, it'll prevent Alzheimer's. No, it's the fucking hops. And there's probably not ne- not enough of a concentration of hops in beer that will actually prevent your Alzheimer's. Although I'll keep drinking and hope that that might be the case. Um, let's see, a study only been conducted on rats. So that really doesn't tell us much. Come on, you know, stop, stop testing on rats. Rats are sweet little creatures. Uh, let's see, is this the last? No, I got a couple more here. Um, there's another ridiculous naming lawsuit for uh, a brewery. This is from allaboutbeer.com. But strangely enough, this is not from one brewer to another. Th- this is... When I saw this story, I... Reading it, I knew it wasn't from The Onion, but it it seemed stupid enough to be. Red Bull, yes, that Red Bull, the energy drink Red Bull, files complaint against Virginia Brewery. <sighs> Would consumers of the energy drink Red Bull think the company has entered the beer market if they came in contact with Virginia's Old Ox Brewery? Okay, let's compare. You have Red Bull. Old Ox. Not even something like Blue Ox. Or Blue Cow. No, 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 no. Old Ox. Red Bull. What the fuck? And Red Bull attorneys seem to think there's some merit in this. So, in the filing, attorneys for the energy drink assert that 
some consumers might confuse the brands because an ox and a bull both fall within the same class of bovine animals and are virtually indistinguishable to most consumers. In addition, an ox is a castrated bull. Are you fucking shitting me? Any judge worth their robe should be tossing this one out of court. This is fucking ridiculous. So here's a letter that Chris Burns, president of Old Oxbury, sent to Red Bull. Hey, Red Bull, you seem pretty cool. You sponsor snowboarders, adventure racers, rock climbers, and motocross bikers. You launch people into space so they can skydive back down to Earth. That's all really darn cool. For all I know, you're reading this while strapping yourself into a Formula One race car that's about to be lit on fire and jumped over a large chasm of some sort. How cool would that be? Feel free to give it a try. Here's the thing, though. You're being extremely uncool to us at Old Ox Brewery. We are a small startup brewery in Ashburn, Virginia. We're family-run, we love beer, and we love our community. For reasons that we cannot understand, you've attempted to strong-arm us into changing our identity for the last 10 months because you believe folks might mistake Old Ox beer for Red Bull energy drinks. We respectfully disagree. The only similarity between our two products is that they are both liquids. You make non-alcoholic, but very extreme, energy drinks, and we make delicious, but laid-back beer. Our consumers are looking for two distinctly different experiences from our respective products. Basically, you are holding us hostage with a list of demands that have agreed to would severely limit our ability to use our brand. Demands like, never use the color red, silver, or blue. Never use red with any bovine term or image and never produce soft drinks. Do you own the color red? What about fuchsia, scarlet, crimson, or mauve? Are you planting your flag in the color wheel and claiming those shades for Red Bull? Do you claim exclusive rights to all things bovine? Do you plan to herd all heifers, cows, yaks, buffalo, bison, and steer into your intellectual property corral too? When we refuse to succumb to your demands, you you responded by filing a formal opposition to not just our trademark, but to the very name Old Ox Brewery. Way to step on our American dream. You say you're protecting your intellectual property rights, but your claim, in our opinion, is red bullshit. We can only interpret your actions as one thing, bullying. You are a big red bully. Just like that mean kid from grade school pushing everyone down in the playground and giving us post-gym class wedgies. You are giving us one hell of a corporate wedgie. We don't appreciate it. We sure as hell don't deserve it. Is this really what you're about? Are you a bully? Your extensive marketing campaigns, your glitzy advertising, your sponsored sports events, your death-defying stunt shows, etc. certainly don't project that image. Take a hard look at your case. Can you honestly look at our brand and say, this is a threat to my image? We don't think you can. Given that, we repeat our offer. We agree never to produce energy drinks. In exchange, we're asking for one simple thing. Leave us alone. Drop this trademark dispute. The only people benefiting are the lawyers. Uh, that, that pretty much sums it up beautifully. Um, Dennis has a great point though. He says, sadly, the world is run by marketing faggots. Now, if T-Mobile can copyright the color magenta, then sadly, sadly, illogically, Red Bull could have 
the slightest bit of a case. It, it is completely illogical, completely unreasonable. You know, they're using a bovine too. I'm trying to think of, um, well, shit. Okay, you know what? Um, what's next? Does does Red Bull go after left hand milk stout? They have a cow on their label. That's a bovine. Um, let's see. What else do we have here? Um, oh, shit. Why doesn't Red Bull go after the milk industry? God damn. I mean, you know, milk comes from cows usually, and you know they're always talking about you know cows with their milk. Well. Pff, I wouldn't want to confuse my Red Bull with milk. You know, what what if what if I need, you know, something to 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 pick me up and I I go to the store and I see a cow on a label and I think, "Oh, this must be my Red Bull energy drink." And I I drink it and then I get tired cuz it was warm milk. It's fucking stupid, but yeah, Dennis has a great point that it, it makes sense why a suit like this would actually be filed because people are fucking stupid. Uh, but you know what? Let's go to a story that shows that it's not always necessary to bring lawyers into the mix. And this is something between Sam Adams and Great Divide. They um, basically chose not to fight over the white water beer name. Great Divide Brewing is bringing back a new version of an old beer that they haven't done in a while. Uh, they're bringing it back this summer. They're going to be bottling and canning it. It's called White Water Wheat. It's a hoppy wheat ale. It's going to replace Heyday in its lineup. Now, the problem with this, however, is that for those of you that follow different Sam Adams beers, there is an IPA they have called White Water IPA. Okay. So, basically... What happened in 2010 when uh, Boston Beer decided to call one of their new beers Whitewater IPA, they researched the name, they discovered Great Divide's 1995 trademark, and noticed the beer was now out of production and had been marked as retired on Beer Advocate. So they thought the trademark had been abandoned. You know, to be fair, I hope they would do a little bit more due diligence just going by retired on Beer Advocate, but I digress. So the trademark hadn't been abandoned. And about a year later, um, let me backtrack on the name here, uh, Great Divide owner Brian Dunn heard about Whitewater IPA, but by then Boston Beer was distributing it nationwide. Instead of suing, Dunn thought about the problem. He said they had a lot of money and time into that beer, so I felt like we should work something out with them. So Dunn called Jim Cook, and after a lot of work and a lot of talking, the two sides came to what they called a gentleman's agreement. After some discussion, Great Divide consented to allowing us to use the name, uh, to continue using the name Samuel Adams Whitewater IPA. And this is uh, Boston Beer. And we agreed that we would not seek to register the mark. We have both coexisted happily under this gentleman's agreement for several years and we wish him success with his new beer. It sounds delicious. We always rather work together with a fellow craft brewer and come to an amicable solution, and we were both able to do so here in a spirit of goodwill. So, um, it just shows 
you you don't have to in, involve the lawyers. I mean, there's that one, um, and I'm completely forgetting the two brewers. It's Avery and ah uh, fuck it. It's it's called um, what is it? Oh fuck, collaboration, not litigation. I think that's what it's called. Let me see if I can find. Jesus Christ, why am I? Hate it when my fucking thumbnails get all screwed up. Why is everything suddenly looking like the Pirate Bay? It's taking over my bookmarks. Uh, collaboration. I want to get this right because I actually saw this beer the other day. Um, I was gonna pick it up, but I relented. Uh, let's see, collaboration, not litigation. Ale. It's from Avery Brewing, and and and. God damn it! Come on. Uh, do we have a picture of the bottle? Jesus Christ, can't even... Come on, Beer Advocate. If it's a collaboration, list both brewers, please. Um, Russian River, I believe. Uh, yep, Avery Brewing and Russian River. That's what it was. So, maybe I should pick that up because I have not had anything from Russian River. Um... But uh, anyway, let's see here. One more, one more little news story before I get into the the big one. The big one that I would have covered last week. It's not as timely now, but I'm gonna do it anyway. But I'll probably do it after the break because it's kind of a biggie. So um, this one's been popping around everywhere after Elysian got sold to uh, AB InBev. Rumors started swirling around that AB InBev was looking at Cigar City out of Florida. So is Cigar City the next domino to fall? Short answer, no. Apparently, AB InBev is courting them, but as of right now, Cigar City has no interest to sell. Now, keep in mind, Elysian did say the same thing months before they were sold. So you might take that with... Ooh, excuse me. Take that with a grain of salt. That said, Brewmaster Wayne Wambles, Wayne Wambles, I'm not going to make fun of his name, not going to make fun of his name, is pretty insistent that they're not selling. Um, he said, we're not selling to AB. If you read this, please spread the word. I'm humbled by the fact that many people are concerned and have sent me personal messages, but everything is fine. Enjoy your beer and relax. Now, allegedly... Cigar City did take a meeting with Anheuser-Busch and Bev, but that's all. Um, word is that AB and Bev is constantly offering huge checks to Sierra Nevada, as an example. Um, so that, that that's always happening in the beer world. Um, but Cigar City not being bought by Anheuser-Busch. Um, there is a selfish part of me that would almost, and th this is horrible, horrible to say, as a craft beer lover, but there's a small part of me that would like to see it happen because then maybe I'd actually get Cigar City distributed here to Jersey. But you know what? Let Cigar City do what they want to do. If, if, you know, if Joey Redner decides, if he sees the dollar signs and they work out for him, more power to him. We've seen what's happened with Goose Island Personally, I think they've been fine. I don't pay attention to what the naysayers say. They, There are some that insist that the beer has changed. Uh, there are others that call them on their bullshit. 
I I don't things I don't think things are really going to change with Elysian either. I think distribution will increase. Um, I mean, I already get Elysian out here, but I may get more of their offerings now. I mean, Goose Island, their distribution has increased greatly. I never would have gotten the Bourbon County barley wine here if it had not been for the purchase by AB InBev. You know, so I I kind of look at it that way. That it allows them to spread their influence a little more. Yeah, the you know the evil empire is is responsible for it, but you're you're getting it into the hands of more beer drinkers. So that there is there is really that trade off there. Um, but you know what? It's not even seven yet. So I think I think I will dip into my my main 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 story here. Um, I did not watch the Super Bowl. I um, I didn't even seek out the commercials online, but this was one that I could not avoid because it was all over the goddamn place. And this was Budweiser's horrendous anti-craft Super Bowl ad. Um, let's see. I have I have the the ad up, um, the video for it. I will, you know, I'll bring this up. I think it's mostly music, so I'll kind of, I'll narrate what comes up on the screen. Most of you have probably seen this, but in case you haven't, I'll, I'll give the description as it goes. Sorry about that. Okay, let's see. We got uh, hops. Uh, they're probably a macro beer. Uh, Clydesdales, people serving beer. It's not brewed to be fussed over. And now, this was part of the big... Um, the, the start of the backlash here. You have a mustachioed gentleman in glasses sniffing his beer glass. And they're basically saying, you know, our beer, you know, you don't need to be all hoity-toity with it. You know, you don't need to... You, you, basically, you don't need to smell it. Because what are you going to smell out of a Budweiser anyway, right? So, there's the first strike, the craft beer drinker. It's brewed for a crisp, smooth finish. This is the only beer Beechwood aged. Okay, see, here we go. Buzzword. What the hell does Beechwood aging have to do with anything? Does your average Budweiser drinker, could could they even tell you that Budweiser is Beechwood aged and what that means? Uh, let's see, there's only one Budweiser. It's brewed for drinking, not dissecting. And then we have a shot of three... I can't even call them hipsters. They look just very nerdy kind of guys, all with um, different beers. It's almost kind of like, it looks like they have a flight of beers, but all in different style glasses, where they're all analyzing them and all different shades and everything. You know, you shouldn't have to think about your beer. You know, just just pop it open and drink it. You know what? Sometimes, sometimes you want to analyze your beer. It's like, why do I like this beer? Why? What am I enjoying in this? But back to the ad. The people who drink our beer are people who like to drink beer. Um, that's debatable. The people who drink Budweiser, um. They they know it's cheap, and a lot of the times they don't know that there's really anything better out there. Brewed the hard way. Oh, here we go for the gay innuendo. 
They had, you know, a little bit of steel mill and sparks. Yeah. Let them sip their pumpkin peach ale. We'll be brewing us some golden suds. That part was the one that really, really blew up on the internet. So much so that Northern Brewer reacted by actually having a uh, recipe kit of a pumpkin peach ale. Now, the very interesting part, well, you know what, let me, let me see if, uh, let me, I'll go back to that in a second to see if there's anything else interesting in this ad. This is the famous Budweiser, blah, 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 Budweiser beer, blah, 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 bunch of dude bros unloading it from a car. Okay, and that's about it. Um, the biggest part of the backlash that came from that one line there about the pumpkin peach ale. What did I just mention about AB InBev purchasing? Who, who did I mention that they just recently purchased? Elysian. Elysian is very much known for their pumpkin seasonals. They have, I want to say, I, I know of at least three varieties, but I want to say they have five or six even. So basically... A property of AB InBev, i.e. Budweiser, just threw a fucking huge jizz shot along the bow of another AB InBev property. Is that really that smart? Well, Elysian co-founder Dick Cantwell was not really very amused by it. Uh, an email he sent out said, I find it kind of incredible that AB InBev would be so tone deaf as to pretty directly, even if unwittingly, call out one of the breweries they've recently acquired, even as that brewery is dealing with the anger of the beer community in reaction to the sale. It doesn't make our job any easier. This is the big part. And it certainly doesn't make me feel any better about a deal I didn't even want to happen. It's made a difficult situation even more painful. Now, I believe um, Dick Cantwell was one of three owners, basically minority owner, of um, of Elysian. And it was the other two owners that really made the sale happen. Um, and I think when this ad aired, I think Elysian had been sold maybe less than a week prior. And then Budweiser comes out with that bullshit. It and it just it it pissed off craft beer drinkers. It, it makes you wonder what kind of audience they were going for because Budweiser, I know they've lost their market share in that that coveted. Well, it's not eighteen to twenty four or whatever. It, it obviously a little bit higher, but it's like that you know that twenty to thirty range. They they've lost that youth market. Actually, it wouldn't even be 20. It'd be 21 to 30. They've lost that youth market. They're not drinking Budweiser anymore. Uh, if they're not drinking Budweiser, there's probably a good chance they're drinking craft beer now. Do you really think a commercial like that is going to make them think twice about jumping over to Budweiser? I mean, the commercial, the commercial came across as like a, I don't know, like a schoolyard bully kind of thing. Hey, faggot, what you drinking there, faggot? You're drinking pumpkin peach, faggot? Why don't you drink a man's beer, faggot? 
and that's basically what the entire commercial came across as. It was it was basically Budweiser yelling faggot, 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 faggot at craft beer drinkers. That is that is all it was. That was all I saw it was. Um, <laughs> Mitch, Honda Civic. It's made for driving, not dissecting like a Ferrari. See, that's a good point, too. Dennis says, what are you going to smell in Bud- Budweiser? Bowling victory. And he also posts the meat. What is it? A nationwide commercial? I drank Budweiser, then I died. I still need to see that nationwide commercial because I I never, I, I wasn't kidding when I said I did not watch really any of the Super Bowl commercials. I've just heard all about that one. The absolute most depressing commercial ever. Ugh. Um, but it, strangely enough, even Miller Coors had a reaction to um, to this story. They, um, in fact, uh, I think I have an image for it. They... They posted this on Twitter. I'll post this in the chat here. Uh, it's kind of small text, so those in the chat may not be able to see it. But um, they, they made it kind of like a poster. The post was, we stand for beer. We believe all beers should be fussed over. Now, to be fair, they kind of have a dog in this race because they not only put Coors Light on this image, they have um, Miller Light, but they also have Blue Moon, and they have Line and Kugels. So... They have their crafty offerings, so the the way Budweiser went about it can hurt Miller Coors' bottom line too. Ah, sorry, I had to kill off that beer. At Miller Coors, we believe each and every style of beer is worth fussing over. In fact, it's the only way our brewmasters could have created the pure Rocky Mountain refreshment of Coors Light, eh, or the great taste of our award-winning Miller Light. Eh. It's the kind of unyielding quality we brew into our artfully crafted Blue Moon Belgian White, eh, or the flavorful refreshment of Line and Kugel's Summer Shandy. I I like my I, I like my Porch Rocker better than Line and Kugel's, but I will give Line and Kugel's their due. It's a good shandy. Uh, quality isn't something that belongs to a single style of beer or a single brewer. It belongs to all the people who deliver on the promise of consistently brewing and distributing the highest quality best-tasting beers in the world. In fact, at Miller Coors, we believe we're delivering on this promise with each of our brands and styles. We also know we're certainly not the only passionate people brewing great quality beers. All brewing is a craft. Nicely done there. And when it's done right, it should be respected. That is probably one of the best things I've ever seen Miller Coors do. And a huge fuck you to Budweiser. So I gotta give them complete props for that. Um, And what the hell? Dennis posts a gif of... Ah! Sherry is in the chat. Which um, reminds me, before I go to break, Sherry, I finished that uh, bottle of the uh, bread and butter Pinot Noir. And goddamn, that was delicious. I'm I'm going to... um, I'm gonna try and pick up a bottle of the uh, Coppola... Uh, or also this uh, this weekend, if I can find it, because of your suggestion. Yes, Sherry is suggesting wines for me. So I will continue with uh, more of the uh, blowback from the Budweiser anti-craft Super Bowl ad after this brief break. Alcohol by Cheers. volume, Kevin oh, Show. It's hey. hey. the name of the show. Hey. More like radio, less like crap. Want more alcohol by volume? Because I'm... 
Kinda drunk for this, let's shit nuts! Download past episodes at morelikeradio.org. Join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash alcohol by volume. Like the Facebook page, facebook.com slash MLR alcohol by volume. And follow along on Twitter at MLR underscore alcohol. I find you're drunk in this fit. Are you on a pee? I am drunk, or I wouldn't be talking to you. Hey, smokers, you stink. I'm not talking about your character. That's a given. I'm talking about your clothes. It's time to kick the butts and move over to something more pleasant. I'm talking about e-cigs from Smokeless Image. They're cheaper than cigarettes, don't smell, and are available in a wide variety of flavors ranging from mints, fruits, desserts, or the traditional tobacco flavors if that's what you want. Simply go to tinyurl.com slash mlrsmoke for all your vaping needs. That's tinyurl.com slash mlrsmoke. Antisocial. Gamer Radio. Hi, this is Ashley, host of Antisocial Game Radio, telling you to come listen to my show every Tuesday at uh, 9 p.m. UK time, 4 p.m. Eastern on morelikeradio.com. Uh, every week, I like to talk about all the latest stuff going on in the gaming world, what's been coming out, what's new releases, all the topics that you like to hear. I will be talking about it every single week. Mr. Turtle, how many hosts does it take to make a podcast as good as the Shy Kids podcast? I ain't never made it through a whole episode. Ask Mr. Owl. Mr. Owl, how many hosts does it take to make a podcast as good as the Shy Kids podcast? Let's find out. A one, a two, a three, three. How many hosts does it take to make a podcast as good as the Shy Kids podcast? The world may never know. I said three, motherfucker. The Shy Kids podcast. Saturdays, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific at morelikeradio.com. Saturdays, noon east. Join Halls and Rorschach as they bring you the news you need to get you through your weekend. Ollie, Ollie, can you hear me? Yes. <laughs> okay, Ollie, I'm outside right now. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's really boring hard out here. Uh, Sounds like it. Where are you at? Are you in Antarctica? <laughs> Wait a minute, Holly. I see somebody coming toward me. There's a, there's a man coming toward me. Uh, hold on a second. Uh, what, you, uh, uh, what are you doing in my yard? I'm getting too old for this shit. guys, it's Halls from It's All About Me. Join Rorschach and myself every Saturday from noon to 2 Eastern Time right here on More Like Radio. If you weren't able to catch the last Hippo Juice show, here's what you probably missed. I just keep thinking to myself and it makes me giggle that I, every time I hear the story, I imagine it was Ray Romano in the same situation. <laughs> oh, 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 man, bro. Uh, kind of does. I barely it. touched her. Come on. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, it was my brother. Look at him. He's bigger than me. Come on. <laughs> oh. Come on. Everybody loves me. Oh, I, got, I got twins. Come on. Oh, let's go. Let's go Home Depot. Come on. <laughs> Fess up, Raymond. You know it was you. They got you on video. Anybody want soup? Ma, come on. We're talking over here. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha,
Oh, man. I'm dying. <laughs> so if you learn anything from Hippo Chips, remember Ray Romano allegedly punched his wife in an elevator. Right. <laughs> we don't report the news accurately. We report half of it. Whatever. It's still news. So fuck you guys. This is more entertaining than some football player. Listen to the Hippo Juice Show live every Wednesday night, 7 to 9 p.m. on morelikeradio.com. Now, deep beat, because the V is so deep. An interesting show, it won't ever put you to sleep. It has all the content that you want the best show on the planet. I ain't even going to front. Deep beat, bringing it again and again. Don't ever miss a show and make sure that you're always tuned in. Hosted by my man Mike and Ski Ray. Keep it turned up on the mic. All day, ask me what's my favorite podcast, I say DP. Listen to the show while you're sipping on your tea. It's huh. the hottest of the high, you ain't gotta trust me. Tune into the show and you will definitely see. With Mike and Ski Ray, you can't go wrong. The biggest show ever, bigger than a King Kong. Listen up and don't ever, ever miss a beat. It's Deep V, remember that the V is so deep. What's up, everybody? Deep V Podcast. Deep V. Be sure to listen to us Fridays at 8 Eastern on morelikeradio.com. Yep. Also download us on iTunes. Just type in DV. DV, your favorite podcast. Favorite, favorite podcast. You know, at the start of the last episode, we went through uh, different nationalities, you know, and now people know that we're Irish. <laughs> and now people know that we're all shite at accents <laughs> as well. <laughs> but I was wondering, is it prejudiced to not make fun of, like, all of the countries? Where's you going for her? We'll name check every country on the show. That way, no one can be mad about that. I could do Swedish. Oh yeah, cool. Birdie, birdie. <laughs> and to the Italians. Papa the poopy. Papa the poopy. <laughs> okay. And to the Mexicans. The hey, man. <laughs> uh, Spain. <laughs> uh, Singapore. <laughs> Amazing. Australians? Crocodile Dundalk. No. You big loop, are you? <laughs> no, that sounds, sounds like terrible. an Imrik or something. <laughs> That's right, we never slag off the Irish, do we? Someone put a bomb in me potato. <laughs> there you go. OSW Review. All Irish, all racist. <laughs> oh, hello there. I didn't see you come in. This is Mitch, producer of Dutch and Royce. I just wanted to take a quick moment to remind you why we are better than you. I took the turkey baster and put it in the glass and sucked up as much pee as I could. I took the turkey baster, after lubricating it in my asshole, and put it up as far as I could in my asshole, and I was repeatedly thrusting it in and out while jacking off and screaming out a boy's name and moaning to make it feel like it was real. I can't believe. I then, I then imagined Sean, did my. You write this? I then imagined in my head him screaming, "I'm coming," and I squeezed the turkey baster ball, shooting all my pee into my ass. I kept taking to the. I kept taking the turkey baster out and filling it with more pee and shooting it deep into my asshole, making it feel like it was a huge. Come. Listen to Dutch and Royce live Tuesdays from ten to midnight. Only on morelikeradio.com. Hey, you. Yes, you guessed 10,542. Change your username. And while you're in the More Like Radio live page listening to fine quality programming, notice the banner ad just slightly above the chat room. It's a link to something you want in Amazon. Click it. 
it's probably reminding you to order something you'll need from Amazon.com. Don't leave MLR and type the URL like a sucker. Just click the link and it'll open in a new window. This way you can buy your shit and continue listening to the show. Now, change your username. It's right there on the right, stupid. The official Alcohol by Volume YouTube channel. Find out what's destroying my liver every week. Ah, my liver! My liver! New beer reviews every Saturday morning. And occasionally some bonus reviews in the middle of the week, too. Hmm, your ideas are intriguing to me, and I wish to subscribe to your newsletter. Subscribe now at youtube.com slash MLR Alcohol by Volume. Come on, let's go drink till we can't feel feelings anymore. A tub of lineup stronger than Owen Hart's safety harness. More like radio.com. Other internet radio stations are gay. You're listening to Alcohol by Volume on More Like Radio. Move, 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 move. How could you have possibly lost your shoes in it? Oh, my God. No! No, 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 no! What's wrong with the toilet? Looks clogged. What the hell? I just had these all in, like, perfect working condition. It must be my shoes. Your shoes? What are you talking about? Well, when I said I lost my shoes, I didn't mean I didn't know where they were. It's just that they were gone. You flushed your shoes down the toilet? Why would you do that? It's an anxiety thing, Charlie. Everybody's moving so fast, all of a sudden it freaks me out. Flushing things gives me control. It's a thing. That's not a thing. It's a thing. That's not a thing. I've never heard of that thing. All right, I gotta dig them out. You want me to get a snake tool? No, I'm just gonna... Look, just go help with the chickens, okay? Help the chickens, please. Get them in the back office, please. Welcome back to Call by Volume here on More Like Radio. Talking a little bit of wine in the chat over the break. Sherry thinks I'm a, a amateur for taking so long to drink my wine, but I don't know. I, I, I used to belong to a wine club, and I would drink an entire bottle in one sitting and get completely shit-faced, but, you know. Um... Now we're talking about, let's see, I, I I was asking what makes a wine a table wine, and I think Sherry disappeared because she has not answered yet. But, um, and yes, little Matt, that is more dance, Gavin Dance. <laughs> Just happens to be instrumental. <laughs> um, But I was asking what makes a wine a table wine, because I've seen a lot of New Jersey wines that their only designation is as a table wine, and it just completely, I, I, I was completely lost by what style they were. So I don't know if they stick by certain styles or if they're more blends or whatnot. Yes, yes, I used to be part of a wine club. But Mitch, think of it this way. I pay them money and I say, you know what, send me wine. And they sent me wine. <laughs> and there was wine at my door, doorstep and I enjoyed it. And don't worry about it, Sherry. It's okay. M- M- Mitch was Mitch was filling in the gaps. Because Mitch says table wines are drank at the dinner table. Couch wine, also known as a Netflix wine, is drank while watching TV at night. Um, Carlo Rossi is for rednecks and trailer people. But then I asked him, what about Franzia in a box? And he says that is fucking class. And people who are impressed by, uh, impressed by box wine also eat food exclusively cooked on a stick. Now, would that be a like a like a classy shish kebab? Or... Uh, like a hot dog on a stick. <laughs> and Sherry, I do not drink Franzia in a box. Don't worry. That, like, like I said earlier in the chat, my mother-in-law drinks that. My mother-in-law almost exclusively. I, I don't, I don't think they're home, so I can, I can, but I'm, I'm still being careful. Um, yeah, my mother-in-law almost exclusively drinks Franzia in a box. Uh, I don't even know what, what 
style it is. I just know it's Franzia in a box. I don't touch that shit. E- either that or um, or it's something in a big fucking jug. <laughs> Rarely do I see a genuine wine bottle. Uh, oh, okay. You know what? Sherry just actually uh, linked me an article here. Table grapes versus wine grapes. Um, table grapes are fat and sassy. They're grown in a way to make them more physically appealing. They're larger, seedless, thicker pulp, and thinner skins to give them that ideal pop when you eat them. Table grapes have less acidity and also less sugar than a wine grape. Wine grapes are lean and mean. Um, let's see, is this actually helping me? <laughs> I have to bookmark this for later, because this is not a wine show today, but uh, table, table grape vines... Uh, table grapes are grown in a way to reduce clusters from rubbing other clusters, stems, or leaves. A trellis system lets the grapes hang independently, better for producing picture table grapes. So, am I to understand, perhaps, that the wines that are marketed as table wines... Um, and yeah, Roy Black on Crack mentions there's something known as table beer, which has less alcohol in it. I do remember seeing that before, too. Um, but okay, am I to understand then that table wines are potentially made more with the grapes that we would think to eat in the supermarket? That kind of thing? I want to make sure I'm getting that right. Because obviously... the. the Sherry posted the image in the chat here. And if you're not in the chat, more like radio.com slash live. Um, the wine grape looks, I, I guess the best way I can describe it is it looks like a, a plump of blueberry. It's like, you know much smaller, more condensed. Table grapes, very plump. Very, what what you would think, you know, if you're getting a bunch of grapes in the supermarket. Um, damn, this may be a good topic for my next show. Um, yeah, okay, she says, so from what I understand, they're grocery store grapes. Um, hmm, interesting. I will, I, I'm gonna, I'm, 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 I wanna do some research in this, because I, I was very curious about those New Jersey wines from, like, what I saw there, but I, I didn't really have any point of reference, I didn't know what style they were, because they were just all listed as table wines. But some of them were marked as like award winning and stuff and oh and Mitch says blueberry wine sounds fucking delicious. Strange that you mentioned that because there I think there was one of the Jersey wines that was a blueberry wine. Um so I don't know, maybe maybe I'll pick up a bottle of that this weekend too. I know exactly where to get it. Dennis would know where to get it too because that is a, a liquor store near him as well. But I don't think Dennis is much of a wine drinker. Um so let's see here. Uh, let me let me let me let me finish up the uh, the little bit of the the, the Budweiser stuff here because there are a few more things I want to get to, uh, including a video that Mitch sent me a couple weeks ago that uh, I have not actually watched yet, so I will go into it completely blind. But uh, Paste Magazine had a uh, response to the Budweiser ad um, entitled "Analyzing Budweiser's Hypocritical Anti-Craft Beer Super Bowl Ad." Um. Let's see. They they described the ad in a very, very good way. Um, dissecting the different sections of the ad. Budweiser is proudly a macro beer. 
This is like that reclaiming of a negative word thing we've heard about before. Yes, macro being the opposite of micro, the term that was once applied to what are now typically referred to as craft brewers. But yeah, they're proud to be big because big obviously correlates to best. After all, McDonald's makes the highest quality hamburgers in the world, right? Then the next part, it's not brewed to be fussed over. You know that mustachioed hipster in this shot isn't drinking a bud because A, it's not yellow, and B, he wants to smell it, and that would be pointless with a bud. Yep. This next part was kind of what I was saying, too. This is the only beer Beechwood aged. All right, guys, hear me out. So what if right after we say it's not to be fussed over, we immediately trumpet the fact that it's Beechwood aged, something that roughly 1% of our target demographic understands. It'll be great and not sound fussy at all. Uh, it's brewed for drinking, not dissecting. Please, if at all possible, try not to taste our beer. If you're able to disable your gag reflex and just pour it straight down your gullet and into your stomach in one fell swoop while bypassing the taste buds altogether, that would be ideal. And that, that is a very fair point, too. Budweiser is practically saying, you yeah, know, just drink it. You know, you don't really need to taste it. Just drink it. You know, just use it to get fucked up in a bowling alley, and that's about it. Um, the people who drink our beer are people who like to drink beer brewed the hard way. So, let's see. The average Budweiser drinker clearly appreciates beer made the hard way. The hard way, as it turns out, is being bought, bought, bought out by a Belgian brewing conglomerate, gutting American jobs and leveraging the full lobbying and marketing power of an international business goliath. The hard way is definitely not starting a small business that brews experimental beer to compete with those giants. There's nothing hard about the latter. Craft beer is easy. Didn't you know that? Here we go. And this... This was the big one. This was the big one. Let them sip their pumpkin peach ale. We'll be brewing us some golden suds. Only losers drink pumpkin peach ale. Everyone knows this. Except, wait, what's that? Elysium Brewing, the Seattle brewery that Anheuser just purchased last week, makes, yes, a pumpkin peach ale. They actually make a pumpkin peach ale. I was not aware of th that particular combination. I just knew the pumpkin. It's called Gordia on my mind. That's actually a very clever, clever name. Anheuser is literally mocking the consumers of the companies they now own. Honestly, how devastating is that for the Elysian Brewing team? Your owners think your customers are pretentious hipsters. These are the people who own your business. <sighs> Ugh. That, that, that still irks me that they were so totally unaware of what was going on with that. Um, let's see. Then we have the, the beer babe. She had uh, an article entitled why the pro macro Budweiser ad is so dangerous. Um, wait, hold on. Let me see. I'm, 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 I'm jumping back in the chat here. I want to see uh, why I have been, uh, why I've been, uh, why I'm being assailed. Uh, see, Sherry says New Jersey is cheap and trashy. So they get their grapes from the grocery store. No, come on. You know what, there there was a study, and I can't remember if I talked about this in the show or not, but there, there was a study where uh, a bunch of sommeliers actually blind-tasted wines from, uh, like, Napa Valley and then wines from Jersey. And once they found out the regions where the wines were from, they rated them based on that. The Jersey wines initially got higher ratings. Once they found out they were from Jersey, poof, ratings sank. So th there is that stigma. But New Jersey actually does make some decent wines. Um, here we go. Sherry has, oh, 
a local Minnesota wine from Carlos Creek. Yeah, Carlos Creek. Carlos Creek Winery Apple Blueberry, an apple wine with natural flavor added. So, see now, 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 uh, now I want to try a blueberry wine. Um, oh, yes, you know what? I got to give Mitch props on this too. Uh, his homebrew three one two update or three twelve or however uh, Scrams wants to say it. He bottles in about two weeks, and also next weekend he can drink his first batch of homebrew, the Irish Red Ale. He says once he gets uh, the 312 recipe down pat, he's going to start adding fruit to it to eventually mimic the grapefruit wheat beer we had Black and Blues with in Florida. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. See, if you're, if you're on the Alcohol by Volume Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash Alcohol by volume. You would have seen uh, some videos of Mitch finishing up one of his first batches, and I, I am living vicariously through him because my finances are not quite in the spot to build up a new home brewing setup. But hopefully, maybe after this summer, I will finally be able to do it. But Mitch is kicking ass. Mitch is doing a goddamn great job, and I saw that uh, Sherry actually got him. A um, well, yeah, grapefruit wheat. That would be, yeah, it would be blueberry wheat, wouldn't it? That that does make a little more sense <laughs> with a black and blue, doesn't it? Speaking of which, I need to get more Guinness and some more blueberry because I want more black and blue. But not it, Mitch is knocking it out of the park with this. He's doing very very well with his first brews, and I believe Sherry got him some uh, custom uh, bottle caps to, uh, well, to cap his bottles, and. Uh, I'm I'm very very curious to see how everything turns out. So far, it everything sounds like it has gone perfectly for him. So, very very much looking forward to uh, to Mitch's successes with his home brewing, and then and and Sherry Sherry's making wine. So I mean, goddamn, that that house is gonna just be completely stocked with booze for a while. I'm very envious. Uh, so let's see. Last bit here for, from the beer, babe. Um, let's see. I already talked about Miller Coors, Dick Cantwell. Don't need to talk about that. Okay. Uh, let's see if she has anything to say. Uh, a, a lot of the same points talking about how they're, they're, they're taking back the word macro and trying to be proud of that word whereas it's been more of a slur in the beer community. Um, talking about the whole fussed over thing, um, the overly done glasses, the twirled mustache, smelling his beer in order to make him as far away and as much of, quote, an other as possible from their target demographic. And they're basically trying to make you think that the guy that's smelling his beer is fucking ridiculous. And that's not ridiculous. Now, if you... Keep your nose in there maybe a little bit too long. Yeah, you might look a little ridiculous. But come on, I like to smell my beer too. I, I, I'd like to get the whole sensory experience for it. Um, kind of goes the... Oh, uh, th- this was interesting too. In the segment where it says it's brewed for a, smo- a crisp, smooth finish, she mentions that as a side note, the image behind the smooth finish part of the video has one of her beer pouring pet peeves in it. The nozzle touches the beer during the pour. How the hell did they let that get through the commercial? Like a Super Bowl commercial, no less. 
um, the whole it's brewed for drinking, not dissecting. It's another us versus them image. Another like caricatures of hipsters. Um, they're supposed to look like they're in a gastro pub, and actually on the chalkboard they misspelled steak tartare. So that's another mark against Budweiser there. And then the whole peach or pumpkin peach ale. Um, a, a lot of it, a lot of it is the same commentary on this, basically saying that it's a shots fired kind of thing. And I think Budweiser got a, the attention from it, but I don't think it was the positive attention they were really looking at. Um, Oh, yeah, okay, Sherry just posted an image in the chat of the bottle caps I was talking about. Very, very cool. I think that's pretty damn awesome. Horn Dog Brew. I have to admit, when I was doing my Mr. Beer home brews, you know, it, it was... At that point, it was just the plastic bottles, but again, very, very early. I mean, from... You know, when when I when I get back into the home brewing, it is going to be you know the glass bottles. I'm going to cap them with proper bottle caps. Um, I'd like to eventually, you know, get to the stage where I can just do an all grain brew. Um, it'll get there eventually. <sighs> I just need the finances to sort themselves out. It fucking blows being an adult. And Jesus Christ, I can hear everybody's getting home because I can hear the garage door downstairs. It's going to be noisy. Fuck. So that 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 was really the whole backlash over the the Budweiser thing. And you know, one more thing with that, Budweiser did have a response to it. And it, Little Matt's right. Any publicity is good publicity, no matter what. Budweiser wins. It, it's a shame. Um, I think it emboldened the craft beer world, and it might make them fight a little bit harder against Budweiser if that's even possible. But we'll see what happens with that. But Budweiser's response to the backlash was predictably bland and unapologetic. Um, trying to think of what kind of voice. I'll give him a whiny voice. Brewed the hard way is Budweiser's way of celebrating being a macro beer. A beer enjoyed by many. Budweiser Vice President of Marketing Brian Perkins said in an email Thursday. The prevailing discourse in beer is that small must be good and big must be bad. We don't accept that. Lager is one of the most difficult styles to brew well, and we've had the highest standards of care to get it right. We are owning who we are without apology. Uh, the most common responses from the official Budweiser Twitter handle were, We're not anti-craft, just pro-bud. And, we like all beers, but we celebrate golden suds. Um, oh, I like that. Mitch wants to make a real logo for Horn Dog Brew, and there's a dog with an inspiration. I like that. And Dennis lives and breathes for my impressions. Yes. Um, okay, and let's see. Uh, yeah, the Elysian's uh response to it. Um. And let's see, let's get back to Brian Perkins. We're delighted to have sparked a conversation around beer. Well, no, you sparked a conversation around Budweiser. It's not like, you know, it's not like it's actually beer. Uh, 
talking with beer drinkers since Sunday, we know the overwhelming majority are really enjoying seeing Budweiser speak up with conviction. This Bud's for them. Really? Really? The overwhelming majority of Bud drink? Well, okay, you know what then? You know what then? Your ad fucking failed. Because if the overwhelming majority of Bud drinkers were were saying, yeah, yeah, um, they're already drinking your beer. Uh, you were trying to get new customers out of that. So, um, oh yeah, Dennis said it sounded like Marge Simpson. I was trying to, I was, I was kind of going for a cross between Marge Simpson and I don't remember his name, but he's the squeaky voice kid on, on, uh, Simpsons. Um, I, I don't, the, the kid who, like, is going through puberty and uh, his voice is cracking and uh, I, uh, I don't know. Um, uh, do, do, do you need more, do you need more ketchup with that? I don't know, fuck it. I haven't watched Simpsons in a very long time, so I couldn't even think of a line for it. Fuck! Fuck, fuck, fuck. Ah, Okay. So let me close these out here. Um, and let's see. Little Matt is hanging himself. Um, J5 said he heard Congress is getting involved. Fuck Bud. Uh, but, uh, but. Let's see. The dog. That dog that it was in the chat before. That is uh, Mitch's dad's dog. Ruby. And she is a doll. Uh, she looks like she looks sweet. Um, even with the antlers in her mouth, <laughs> which is kind of cute. Uh, he's called Jeremy Friedman, uh, little Matt says. Yeah. Oh, welcome to Krusty Burger. Would you like a Krusty Combo? I don't know, something like, does, does that count? Does that qualify? Maybe, something like that. <laughs> and J5 is still busting the chat here. So, okay, you know what? Uh, let me Let me get to this video that Mitch sent me that I have no fucking clue uh, what I should expect with it. It's from BuzzFeed. It's Canadian versus American beer. What's actually better? Uh, Seven-minute video. So uh, let's see. Let's see what we got here. So I'm an American. I grew up in Oregon, which is awesome. And I went to... Oregon is awesome? Eh, I suppose for the beer selection, yeah. School in Canada, also awesome. Montreal, great city. I was always surprised though because Canadians think that American beer sucks, and then Americans don't even think about Canadian beer because. Well, yeah, because we don't see any Canadian craft beer down here, really. Uh, the only stuff we see is the macro. We we see Bolson, we see Labatt, um, and those aren't really really anything to speak of. Um, Canadians do good craft beer. We just we don't see it down on this side of the border. Really, Canada. So, I actually wanted to find out which one is actually better. So, Canadian beer versus American beer. What's actually better? What I found out when I looked into it was that because of import and export laws, a lot of Canadians just never get a chance to taste any kind of American beers. And by the same token, there's all these new craft breweries in Canada. Let's see. Um, yeah, okay. The examples you gave, like Stone, Lagunitas, New Belgium, Brooklyn, um, and apparently those don't make their way north of the border. Um, now, this is actually interesting. Uh, oh, it never dawned on me that Unibrew 
or unibrow or whoever, however you pronounce it, is actually Canadian. I don't know why that never... Well, okay, you know what? Um, another interesting thing. Um, if you remember my gluten-free show, when I was talking about um, uh, Glutenberg, Glutenberg, I believe, is based out of Montreal, I think. Unibrew is based out of uh, Chambly, Quebec. You learn something new every day. Fuck, I have a Unibrew shirt. And I didn't even know that. Now I feel really stupid. Um, yep, yep, Glutenberg based out of Montreal. So, learn something new every day here. So, I've had, I have had some exposure to Canadian beer. That Americans aren't tasting at all. I went over to Angel City Brewery in downtown Los Angeles, and I talked to this guy, Dieter, who Ooh, a Dieter. Brewer, and I wanted to know what he thought about Canadian beer versus American beer, and whether there's actually a difference. Have you had much Canadian beer? I have not had much Canadian beer. Um, you know, I had Labatt. So if you're just, like, having some beers and someone says... I mean, to be honest, you look at Molson, you look at Labatt, it's not really that much different than Bud Light, Miller, whatever. Um, the only time I will ever drink Molson Labatt is if I'm at a hockey game and there are really no other better options. And I just figure drinking a Canadian beer at a hockey game for some reason just feels more right. To you, American craft brewers are not nearly as good as Canadian craft brewers. What would you say? Don't uh, count out the Americans. And I would encourage them to try our beers. So as a beer drinker, if I'm having two IPAs, how do I decide which IPA is better? <laughs> I'm trying to like take Whichever one you like the best is really the better one. So after having a couple beers with Dieter, we went down to San Diego to meet up with this guy, Scott, who imports Canadian beers into the States. Hmm. We wanted to ask Scott what's going on in Canada. Why do Canadians think that American beer is not as good as Canadian beer? Now, if this guy is importing Canadian beers into the States, I want to see some of this shit. And is it true? What do you want Americans to know about Canadian beer? That there's much more to it than just one pigeonholed type of beer. It's not just Molson. Lagers. It's not just Molson. Why do Canadians think that America doesn't have good beer? I think that Canadians think that these guys are a little bit far behind. <laughs> I, I bet it's the same view that we have of Canada. When we think Canadian beer, we think Molson. When Canadians think American beer, they probably think Budweiser. Simple as that. <laughs> because, you know, a majority of their beer is sort of like water. Yeah, living on the border, especially up like in Michigan, Detroit, and that kind of stuff, you would yeah! hear all the stories about how people would just cross the border to get Canadian beer. Well, eh, that's not exactly the case. See, in Michigan, we would cross the border to Canada to drink because the drinking age is lower there. You turn 19, it's a rite of passage, and you go across the border to get fucking tanked at a bar over there because you can't do it in the U.S. So if I, someone put a gun to your head and said, what country makes better beer? You're American, <laughs> you import Canadian beers, what would you say? Oh, it's so tough. I live in San Diego. We're filming this in San Diego, and this is sort of the epicenter for craft beer in the U.S., and there's amazing beers here, but I do feel like there are Canadian craft beers and I'm still not answering questions. I know. Now. I'll you dodge it. I'll dodge it. it. <laughs> I'll dodge it. There are. And I don't think he's dodging it. I think it's, I think it's a fair thing to say that neither one is necessarily better. Um, Canadian craft beer has its merits. American craft beer has its merits. 
I don't know. Maybe I'm kind of being wishy-washy on that. Some beers that are just kicking in Canada and that I that I would prefer to drink absolutely over U.S. craft beer. So Scott gave us a bunch of Canadian beers. We're taking them back to the L.A. office and we're going to have a blind taste test with Americans and Canadians and we're going to find out once and for all who has the better beer. Some strong Canadian, like, <laughs> Wolverine-style beers out there. I've had wait, 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 wait. Wolverine-style beers? Okay, I guess this is the part where I start yelling at people, right, Mitch? That's that's a Canadian beer, right? Although this chick's kind of cute, so I'm not going to yell at her. I think Canada has way better beer. Canadians make beer? I don't love beer, to be honest. USA, I think America's going to take it home. I think Canadian beer is better than American beer. America has a great beer industry. Oh, God, this is the guy I hated from the other video. Ugh. Okay, here we go. You know what? Screen cap really quick here. God damn it. <sighs> because th this, oh, oh God, I got to upload this to Imager because even, even just the shirt this guy is wearing is annoying me. Oh, oh. Mitch, you knew, you knew this guy was in the video, didn't you? God damn it, you knew he was in the video. <sighs> okay, start upload. Come on, Imager, upload. Give me a URL. Okay. I want to smack the fucking glasses off this guy's face. And I want to burn his shirt while he's wearing it. Now let me continue. Let's see if Canadians can top it. Okay. Oh, hold on. Let me kick back here. Tell you which beer they're reviewing here. Okay, it's Kona Big Wave Golden Ale. Now, to be fair, Kona is uh, partially owned by AB and Bev, but I enjoy Kona's uh, their uh, Kona Brown, the coconut. Oh God, I want some of that right now. And on the Canadian side, we have Labatt 50 Ale. Citrusy, piney feel. This one tastes like a strip mall sports bar. This one is refined. The first one was like gross, is the best way to describe it. I feel like I'm having a good dinner, a good meal with this one. This is the one I picked right here. No. America. Oh, Canada's winning. Fuck. Oh, America tied. Obviously. 3-3. Oh, douchebag picked Canada. Is this Canadian? Oh, yeah, Ryan Goss. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Cute girl picked America. So, still a tie. Okay, now we got uh, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale and St... Oh, they spelled it wrong. St. Ambrose. Oh, shit. That's Canadian, too. I did not realize that. I... Uh, have had, um, what is that? I think a oatmeal stout from them, St. Ambrose, uh, McCausland. They, they had their heyday Hefeweizen. Shit, I, I drink more Canadian Almost beers than I realized. Uh. Yeasty. Like talking with my grandma. Ew. <laughs> Fuck off. Ah. Oh, no. Who do we got? Kanye, we're going. Sierra Nevada's killing more, it here. More. Oh my God. Gosh darn it. Okay, yeah. America won that one. 
Uh, and uh, you know, what? I'm not surprised because I don't know a Canadian Hefeweizen. Yeah, doesn't seem right. Uh, this one Lagunitas IPA, and from Canada, Alexander Keith's IPA, which I have personally not heard of. This is like a beachy beer. This is not an IPA. This one tastes literally like nothing. This is an IPA. Yes! Oh, man. Kanye. Oh. Uh, oh, tied. I did it! Yes! God damn. That one was a tie, too. God damn. Okay. Uh, from America, we got Stone, uh, Stone IPA. They're straight up IPA. From Canada, we got Parallel 49 Filthy Dirty IPA. Uh, another brewer I am not familiar with, so not seeing it in the States. Tastes like I've been on the street for a little while. It's a, a mustache that can talk kind of man's beer. That was the douchebag that said that, so you get an idea there. This is a Michigan beer. That was, well, you know what? The fact that she qualified it as a Michigan beer and she was actually talking about the Canadian beer, not too far off. I mean, Michigan's almost Canada. America. No. See, see, she said exactly what I was thinking. Michigan's almost Canada. What? America still winning. Okay, uh, ooh. Uh, okay, from America, we got Blue Moon Belgian White Wheat Beer. We all know the Belgian White from Blue Moon. From Canada, we got Unibrew Blanche de Chambly Wheat Beer. So uh, we got Blue Moon versus Unibrew. Now, to be fair, Blue Moon is not really a craft beer, but we'll... Well, then again, they had they had Labatt there too, so they're not just going craft. Uh, what the fuck is my phone doing? Um, oh no, Sherry sent me a video on my phone. Yeah, I can have a boot of that. This I'm is scared like to look at this. Beer. Oh, it's like if you need a beer to have your back by like throwing bottles 20 feet away from the conflict in a club, you're gonna go with this beer. I am just like had enough beers, and I'm like, yeah. All tastes good now. But if you're like on the street and a guy has a knife and you're like, which one of these beers is willing to get stabbed once or twice to do more damage to the other guy? I'm going to go with this beer. Whoa! Damn. Canada's killing it To be honest, I do think Ryan Gosling would be better in a fight than Kanye. You know what, though? I'm not surprised by that. Unibrew is pretty good. Um... Quick little, what the fuck? Let's see here. Why can I not raise the volume on this? God damn it! My phone sucks. I don't know. Mitch is eating something. I'll have to, I'll have to look at that. What the hell did you just send me, Sherry? God damn it! Okay, from America, here we got Budweiser Lager versus Molson Canadian Lager, both at 5% ABV. You know what? You gave me a choice. I I will probably take Molson every time. This is the beer that you drink after the better beer has all run out. Reminds me of my grandpa. They both smell like 
cheap college beers. Because there's just nothing to these. This one has more bubbles though, so I'm gonna go. Yes! So let's see how I did. All right, Kanye. That was a lot of work to test out a question I've had since college. But what we did learn is that both countries oh, okay. have great beers. You should. I, I, I sorry. I, I, I caught what Sherry was saying on the video that Mitch did not know Glasses Guy was in the video. So I thought Mitch was setting me up, but he was not. So, uh, <laughs> mind you, I probably should have been paying attention to the video. Here, okay, so uh, uh, shockingly, Budweiser. Yes! Kills Labats here, I think. So uh, let's see how I did. All wow. Right, Kanye. I'm actually very surprised by that. So that America was a lot wins. Of work to test out a question I've had since college, but what we did learn is that both countries have great beers. You should try beers from other countries. And even though America won by like a hair, the thing to do is not talk shit about other countries' beer. And remember that if a country makes a lot of beer, it's probably a pretty cool country. So you should hang out. Oh wait, with Mitch did country. know. God America damn it! Canada, we're coming together. We're getting drunk. I didn't see that nod. I fucking suck, dude. Oh, okay, that was a nod. God damn, I suck. I'm an idiot. <laughs> and he's eating white chicken chili, which actually looks quite delicious. Well, I thank Mitch for that video because it provided good entertainment for me, and it had fucking glasses guy. So, Mitch, if you find any other BuzzFeed videos relating to beer with glasses guy, I will probably watch them and rage at them because that... Oh, god damn... To those that are listening via podcast, you don't get to see his image in the chat. He's wearing... It's practically a lavender shirt, dark lavender shirt, with a cat with sunglasses that says, Meow or never. But the dude's just a fucking douche. Ugh. Mind you, he has a job at BuzzFeed, and I don't. And, uh... Oh! Mitch says all BuzzFeed videos have glasses guy in them. Really? Shit. He might be uh he might be a big wig in BuzzFeed then. Um hey, glasses douche. If you're if if you were listening, um can I have a job? Please? Possibly. <laughs> Fuck. I, I believe me, I would take a job at BuzzFeed. I would compromise my principles immediately. I have no pride whatsoever. Ah. <laughs> uh, well, shit. You know what? It, it's crazy. I I um I had a lot of show prep banged up here, and I I, I don't really need it. I don't really need it because we're we're getting to that time for the uh, new releases and reveals for the week. Wow. Every week, I, I I know I say it every time. Every week, I worry that I'm not gonna have enough goddamn material, and every week I have more than enough. What the hell is that? Um. Uh, yeah, you you can you can isolate that, Dennis. I do have no pride. Um, I'm trying to think of an, uh, even a better way to put it. I I have no dignity. I have no pride. I will whore myself out for money. I will compromise my standards for the almighty dollar. Yes, that's a promo right there. Okay, let's get into the new beer releases and reviews for the week. Uh, let's see, what do I got here? Because I have a lot of tabs i got to close for a lot of material that 
I'm not really getting to. We got uh, Westbrook. Westbrook. Oh, I hear somebody whining outside. His toys are going to get thrown away. Uh, Westbrook chocolate coconut almond imperial stout. Oh, that combination sounds so goddamn good. But to this day, the only really good coconut beer I've had is uh, uh, Kona's um, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, Cocoa Brown. That's I, I've had others with coconut that just haven't done it. But this one, uh, 10% ABV. See, Little Matt is not impressed by that. 10% ABV Imperial, Imperial Stout. It is being brewed for Westbrook's fourth anniversary. It's brewed with chocolate, toasted coconut, and roasted almonds. It's available now in 22-ounce bottles and on draft. I looked on beer menus, and sadly, I'd have to hop the border into New York State to get anything from Westbrook, so... Anyone that maybe wants to try and grab me a bottle of this, I'd greatly appreciate it. I'll send you something from here. I can get a lot of good shit from here. So uh, I'm always open for that. Just I would love, love, love to be able to get the stuff that I cannot get in Jersey. Westbrook is one of them. Uh, Innocent Gun. That is a brewer I get. However, I know I would not be able to get this one. And uh, there's a reason. This one's going to be a very uber-limited release. Uh, let's post this image in the chat. This is Fifty Shades of Green. And as you can probably guess, it's time for the release of Fifty Shades of Grey. Ugh. So, the limited edition ale, Fifty Shades of Green, blends 50 different types of hops, which is pretty impressive. From around the world, including Sriracha Ace from Japan, Pacific Jade from New Zealand, both of which are hailed for their lemongrass notes. And in addition to the 50 hops, the beer contains ingredients known for their sexually stimulating properties. Ooh, yeah. Including ginseng, which is said to boost sexual desire. Yeah. Ginkgo biloba, an herb said to get blood pumping. And Damiana, a nerve stimulant. Just 200 bottles of the performance-enhancing pale ale have been made and will be available for pre-order on the company's website for 30 pounds. How about pounding that pussy? Yeah. For a 330 milliliter bottle. Yeah. Okay. Judging by a cryptic teaser on uh, Innocent Guns <laughs> Twitter, it looks like it's releasing, <laughs> releasing on Valentine's Day. And yes, little Matt, I'm a little moist too. That's what I do to myself, dude. We got three new beers from Carton, one of my favorite brewers, for Extreme Beer Fest. We have Cosmonaut, a Russian Imperial Stout at 10% ABV. This one I am actually very excited about and hope I get to try it. Uh, all press release uh, speak for this one. Uh, Super Galena hops early in the boil bring a strawberry touch. Russian Imperial Stouts have a dark chocolate presence with vanilla nuance. What does that sound like? Quite pleasing when accented by a bold hop addition, our walk around this space had a skirt in the territory of those three tone blocks 
of supermarket ice cream. All we needed was an ingredient you can ferment that would push those notions without running over the beerness of the flavors. We turned to that classic museum snack, freeze-dried Neapolitan ice cream. Now, I'm not thinking it's going to taste like Saugatuck Neapolitan milk stout, but I still want to try it. Uh, and Dennis in the chat said, uh, on a random note, his uh, father bought a bottle of the Game, uh, Game of Thrones Fire and Blood Ale. They tried it last weekend. He said it was quite shitty. Uh, damn. Uh, I'm trying to remember what style the Fire and Blood was. Uh, da, 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 da. Don't fail me now, beer advocate. Fire and Blood was... Uh, it was a red ale. Yeah. Uh, American Amber red ales. Very, very hit or miss with me. Um, it's got a decent enough score on Beer Advocate, but I don't know. Eh, they, they, I, I only had a couple of the Game of Thrones beers, and they're okay, but they seem to be more collectibles than anything else. Okay, uh, the next beer for Extreme Beer Fest from Carton. This one, I... Um, well, when I heard about it, I, ma I made a noise that may or may not have sounded not unlike an orgasm. Irish coffee. 13% ABV. It is a continuation of their regular coffee game. Our golden, golden Imperial Coffee Cream Ale has been finished on Irish wood and peppermint. Much like regular coffee looks to evoke an amusing version of the acidic bitter coffee curbed by milk and sugar that starts a day in a paper cup... Irish Coffee addresses it on the other end of the day. A beer rendition of a mug of coffee touched by Irish and whipped cream with a drizzle of green creme de menthe to tie up a big meal. I am really, really hoping to get my hands on that. If I find out they have it at the brewery, I'm fucking driving down to Atlantic Highlands. And then the last one here. The SS Kentucky, it's an 8.4% double IPA. Uh, this was actually a collaboration. They said there are a few moments as inspirational as those spent wandering the tables of Beer Advocates Extreme Beer Fest. Some of our friends, some of our heroes, and a lot of our inspirations reveling, sharing ideas and flavors. Last year, while sipping with the team of Against the Grain, inspiration hit. The Need a Bigger Boat recipe dressed with Zythos and Pacific Jade Dry Hopping, getting another wrinkle of dankness with the addition of pineapples smoked by our new friends. So you have a double IPA with some smoked pineapples. That sounds damn good. One more from Carton here. Carton Orange Swisher, described as a blunt ale, which is kind of interesting. Let me uh, cue up this video really quick. This is a quick one. And let them kind of describe this here. They describe it better than I ever could. Carton's fucking awesome. Love them. This year, Swisher became a project. Last year, Swisher was an attempt to, to make a smoked beer in a new and different way. And the inspiration was a, was a blunt. So we took the... Oh, I think the video broke on me. The hops that smell like marijuana and put them into a beer with a porter that had a tobacco-iness to it. And then we used an oak-smoked wheat, which gave it this kind of char smoke rather than smoked flavor. 
And we had a lot of fun with it. It was a, it was a great pleasure to hand somebody a glass of it and say, should smell like weed, taste like tobacco and fruit, and finish on smoke. There's a million. So that's that's one that uh, another one that I would really love to check out. Drive down to the brewery. Maybe I will luck out. They will have it at the Garden State Brew Fest in May, I think. So I'm gonna check that out. And then one more from Carton. <laughs> Ooh, excuse me. This is one that I'm definitely getting. Carton 07871. It is a special beer exclusive only to Sparta, New Jersey. Thus the name. It's Sparta zip code. Um, yeah, this is this, this is selfish on my part because I'm gonna be able to get this. None of you probably will be able to. Um, but it's only available at Sparta's Mohawk House and this Friday at a tap takeover at Liquor Factory in Sparta. I will be in attendance at that. I'm hoping that Augie Carton shows up there. It's based on their um, 077XX double IPA, and then it's dry hopped with mosaic hops. Uh, I'm definitely getting a growler of this one. I'm going to review it on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash MLR alcohol by volume. Then I got a couple more for you here before we uh, jump into J5's fantastically awesome my time now. Uh, we got from the brewery of Or Exada, uh, or is it Orzata? I don't know. O-R space X-A-T-A. I don't know. In any case, it is their spin on horchata, which we've seen previously from Blue Moon's excellent cinnamon horchata ale. It's a base blonde ale brewed with rice, cinnamon, vanilla beans, and lactose to give the beer a creamy mouthfeel. 750 milliliter bottles releasing this month, 7.5% ABV. So, hoping I can find this, hoping it's affordable, see what happens. One more from the brewery, we got the Freckle. Freckle. Let me post this in the chat here. Um, of course, Dennis says Ordigato, which ha is no help whatsoever. <laughs> uh, this one's part of the preservation series. Inspiration from Mexican mole sauce. It is a robust imperial, imperial stout that's been infused with the essence of an elegant Mexican mole. Dark roasted barley in this 10.8% ABV stout has been accented with the touch of rich chocolate and a hint of south-of-the-border spice for their interpretation of the unique sweet and savory sauce used throughout southern Mexico. It is, sadly, only available to brewery uh, Reserve Society members and uh, going to have very, very limited distribution. So you may see it in your area. It's going to be kind of hit or miss. 750 milliliter bottles releasing this month. And again, 10.8% ABV. Last one here before we cut into my time now with J5. Weyerbacher Tart Nouveau Session Sour. I am very excited about this one because I get everything from Weyerbacher. And this is one that I am not going to want to miss. Um, hasn't been officially announced yet. It's been teased on Weyerbacher's Twitter account. It's a... Ooh. Yeah, I need a new mixer. God damn it. Um, oof. God damn, my mixer fucking blows. 3.9% uh, ABV. Very sessionable. At the upper end of the uh, Berliner Weiss uh, ABV scale, 12-ounce bottles, released to be determined. When I see this, I'm grabbing it immediately. I love Weyerbacher. I love sours. And a session sour is even better for me. So... Don't want to cut in more on J5's time. I know I got a little bit of a late start, so... 
Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash alcohol by volume. ABV Facebook page, facebook.com slash MLR alcohol by volume. Twitter at Adicius, E-D-I-C-I-U-S, at MLR underscore alcohol. Untapped, I get new followers every week. I love it. Alcohol by volume, all one word. And as I said, coming up next, my time now with J5, followed by Dutch and Royce. Two more weeks to the Hunter Show. I will see you guys next week. 